Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, October 7th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part Chepe Space, we are the cosmos. We are the cosmos. I said we are. All right, let's take a listen. Very nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll, Mayor and I will kind of keep, uh, like, uh, we followed you, I think, so we can kind of Thank you. look at sending people your way because people ask us stuff like this all the time. It's just, we don't always know who to send to who for what reasons. <laughs> so yeah, and look, like I said, there's a program for everybody, and we can help them find it. I mean, I've sent people over to Cosmosm Academy and Interchain Foundation because they needed what they offer, um, and I respect those guys a lot, and and they do good work. Cool. Did you have any, do you have any particular um, viewpoint uh, on the sort of like the Adam Two white paper and the the Treasury and all the other things that have been like any any sort of standout uh, maybe feelings you have about all of that yet? So, um, you know, uh, I will own that, um, you know, I was not a successful investor in this space. I mean, I can list the scams I've been part of. I was in Iron Finance, don't laugh. I was in Terra, don't cry. Uh, and I, and I've been in, you know, and I, and I got a bunch of stuff in Celsius. So I'm definitely not the person to ask an opinion on tokenomics. That said, I love when uh, 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 several of us have gotten uh, quite neatly fucked in the space. So don't worry about that. Celsius is a whole different ball game. Celsius it's is a whole different. Yeah. They're all. Whole, yeah. When I saw my full name on a spreadsheet that the whole world can see, that was really beautiful. Um, I don't know if you guys know about that, but that was just, yeah, I, I saw know, that. Yeah. I, I was, that. I'm like, how the heck? Anyway, different. So, but as far as your opinion, just, just instinctually on the new, new project ideas on item two, what do you think? Bullish. I mean, like I said, I, I would say this if cause, and I don't think it's about cosmos challenging Ethereum or Shalana or anything like that. I mean, I don't believe in that. I think that the IBC is going to be, or something akin to it, is going to be the magic pill that aligns a lot of it and makes it more of a one space type environment. Uh, that said, I I do like that forward thinking thought. I do love the community input. Um, now, not everybody's happy, but I do love. I, I like all of that. I like the idea. You know, I like the, you know, the mesh security, which wasn't in the white paper, but came out of Hackwasm. Um, I, I like all of this unification because I think if there's one thing that Cosmos can do better is to become more unified. I think that the Adam 2 white paper shows an effort to bring people together more. And, you know, you could probably get a little bit of the flavor of, of my personality. I'm much more of a people and galvanization type minded person than I am a, you know, tokenomics type person. 
I leave that to my partners in our project who are, you know, you'd know the names if I said them. Um, you know, Chauncey's one of our guys and Nate's one of our guys. So, you know, these are these are partners in WBA. I don't know if people know that or not. Yeah, I know but, Nate Chauncey, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, that I leave that kind of stuff to them. Um, and I work on, you know, the people in the education side and, and, and doing things for the right reasons and transparency and growth. Cool. Yeah. Great. But, to not, have you. but not put my name on a Celsius spreadsheet and send it to the world transparency. I don't believe <laughs> it's super transparent now. Oh shit. I so, appreciate the time though, guys. I, I really do. I, yeah, I do cool. want I do want to say quickly, I, I was in a meeting, so I didn't hear the conversation, but I came here and, and saw WBA on stage. I met with Dan this morning and just talked awesome. about him, uh, talked with him about what you guys are doing. And I, I'm fucking stoked for your guys' roadmap. It's going to be great for the ecosystem, I think. Thank you. And again, we're not we're not promoting all of that because we just, you know, we're not in it for the for the fame and fortune, so to say. We're in it for the right reasons. And we believe that that will lead you know, to good things for everybody, which is the goal. Yeah, cool. Uh, Kev, did you kind of, well, there you have it. Like there's definitely, people yeah, out there I got a link. <laughs> cool stuff, I right? got a link in and contribute. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, I should definitely hop over from Ethereum. You guys are, it's a lot of shit was talked about uh, how it's better than Ethereum. So <laughs> I've, I've, I've definitely like, like tried it out I've, I've brought over some tokens and it's like oh this is neat um but i haven't gotten into the engineering side so um i'll definitely have to check out what you guys are, are doing over there and see how i can contribute um with that being said i i also wanted to bring up um somebody was talking about how <clears throat> the newbie cycle and all that stuff and i thought you know as this as more maybe seniors get in the space or people who got chops uh quote unquote um i mean at the end of the day what i find out uh, like i've been engineering for 10 years now and what i see whenever i learn anything new it just seems like everybody's just doing a version of c and eventually it's like okay where are the variables is like is, is this a list as long as it's not a list language i'll get on pretty quickly here um and figure things out and see what you guys are trying to do is just like you know learning a language just figuring out how do you put the sentences together um and uh it's the frameworks though that i see that make it a lot easier and i remember when i got into the into engineering period where you know the seniors would just tell me all these war stories about you know back in my day i didn't even have an ide we would just use a notepad or we were programming on on print on on cute what is it punch cards it's like eventually uh, i guess the more and more uh talent comes in the space more frameworks the more tooling is gonna is gonna come out of it and it'll be easier for maybe kids coming out of college to just be like oh just hop into web3 right away um even uh you know that's that's kind of how i see the trajectory going in but i guess you gotta have to continue to incentivize and have those uh yeah, you know, for promote I remember uh, using Notepad for this. That's kind of funny. Um, yeah, Notepad's funny. And then like now it's like Replit, right? Like it's like you have software that writes itself. And before we were writing on Notepad, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. My ID has GitHub Copilot now. It's like writes half of my code. <laughs> so I can imagine it's going to get there with uh, all these smart contracts. I was hearing about smart contract, uh, you know, WYSIWYGs now, like you just kind of plug in what you want and they'll generate it for you. 
then you just have to like kind of validate it's doing what you want, write some tests. Uh, yeah, probably I'll, show quick. I'll show my age. The first code I learned was on an Apple II, and I learned Turbo Pascal and Basic. Yep, that was me. That was Apple II for me too. Nineteen eighty four, I think. Yep, same here. I was a kid at the time. Yep. Oh wow, you're you, I, you mean there's someone of my generation here? Holy crap! Yeah, apparently, <laughs> like I'm one of the old people here, comparatively. <laughs> so yeah, same. <laughs> let you guys out of the museum? What the fuck? <laughs> Only at night. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, hold on. Let me get uh, Dregger up here. Up up here. Just shooting the shit here a little bit today. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, somebody had brought up how um, blockchain could be used to kind of uh, help like a Kickstarter kind of deal where, you know, you raise money around an idea or you, you know, you get the community to fund something and you wouldn't release the tokens, say you wouldn't release that funding until the idea is built. Um, I've always wondered about that. And the that part kind of bothers me so do you sell the uh, like if i have no money and i get a bunch of people to come in and say oh yeah we will we'll build we'll help you support this uh thing you want to build uh but we can't give it to you until it's built yeah um, what, you're, what you're looking for is um so there is something being done exactly for that um and my understanding is and i, I superficially understand this probably some other guys in the space know better than me but there is um, so number one, there's governance infrastructure with DAODAO, D-A-O-D-A-O, and they're about to release DAODAO 2.0, which is going to allow you to actually create um, all sorts of things like you're describing. But then there's also this collaboration with something called Neutron. And there's this idea that like, OK, funds could be held until, say, a vote goes through with a group of people who decide, OK, you, you credibly created this like. You, you know, you have an objective, you know, the community is funding this objective, you have been verified by a group of votes or whatever, however you want to organize this, that you have actually uh, delivered upon this, like you've, this, you've created this deliverable, and now like the funds get distributed. Um, but you know, as a developer, that the funds are there, they're sort of like, the crowd is interested in whatever you're trying to build or develop, or like, maybe they're trying to fund you for a charity or something. And um, this idea that like, there's a proof of work system where you know either a group or somebody validates that you've actually done this and you know release the funds so yeah there's definitely stuff like that happening well i was asking about okay you you've locked up some funds and then i have to build this thing having uh put together a team before to build other uh blockchain projects i do have to recruit from the typical web to space, I was like, okay, we need to host this on Kubernetes or something. We need to do this. We need an engineer. So I end up running a, a build pretty high on all the people I'm bringing in, project managers, et cetera. And, and then I'm, so am I supposed to fund that from my pocket or do I bring this to a bank and say, Hey, like these guys are going to pay you for real. Like give me I the think, funding so I can pay these guys. I think, yeah, with, <laughs> with these methods, with, with DowDow and also with like Neutron or whatever, th there's all sorts of ways you can kind of have funds uh, emerge and paid out uh, either to different wallets or paid out on some time scale or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, there's a lot of tooling infrastructure for creating those type of organizations happening right now that I think you'll probably find them pretty impressive. 
So yeah, so it's going to be a milestone. Huh? Yeah, it's going to be exactly milestone based, like payouts or whatever. It's going to be a lot easier to um, to do exactly what you're talking about. Now, at the same time, there's still the marketing problem of what? How do you like you know like how do you get your project name out there? Why would people want to invest in this thing? All the marketing type of you know mess that has to go into that is still there. So there's that's still there, but like. I think crowdfunding stuff is going to be a lot easier pretty soon, uh, especially within the cosmos with these types of uh, tools available. Yeah. And another um, interesting thing that I was actually talking about with Dan from WBA this morning was like, not only the, the, the idea of having this kind of like job forum, whether it be like, you know, for bounties or also for like bigger projects, if you're being brought onto a team for like a specified contract, that's like maybe let's say like a year long or whatever is this, <laughs> this concept of, of not only like tiered payment systems where maybe you get like an upfront payment for all the bootstrapping costs that you were mentioning earlier, but then also this idea of like, let's say that there is a smart contract developed that has this time lock mechanism that release funds um, you know, at specific intervals based off of like completion of tasks. But what about like situations where somebody develops something and then the user, the person that's on the other side that paid for that service is like not happy with what was built. And it's like, how do you resolve those problems? And I mean, you said you're coming over from Ethereum. So you may be familiar with Claro's court, which I think is this really cool mechanism where jurors um, who are basically like anyone, like could be like you, me, or like whatever, we could set up like it to be like a group of engineers, for example, can come in with no bias and look at the problem and then educate the pro like basically be like, all right, we're going to be the arbitrators and figure out like, you know, whether or not funds should be distributed, if there should be like a percentage distributed. So you kind of have this like judgment system that's in place and we just have to figure out kind of like how we want to set this infrastructure up. I'm sure WBA has some points on this they want to talk about. No, I mean, it's uh, you're, what you're talking about is some of the stuff that, um, that a couple of our cadets who came over from Ethereum are working on, um, you know, between the chain link keepers functionality where you could schedule and set up, um, you know, time-based or event-based smart contract responses um, or uh, superfluid is another uh, Ethereum-based uh, project that um, does fluid streaming of um, of payments, you know, that you know start at a certain time and end at a certain time, and of course that's much more valuable on Ethereum at you know previous to the merge and still now to a certain extent um, because you only pay one gas, you know, gas fee once. So the technology is out there; it's being iterated on. Um, you know, composing a couple of different things and exactly what you just mentioned <laughs> is going to be able to be, you know, they'll be able to do that. So, and, you know, fortunately, we do have some some uh, solidity converts that are coming over and in, in the program and, um, you know, and, and people outside the program too. I mean, there's a lot of people doing this across the space um, that are looking for these solutions and they are being built. Cool. Yeah. Um, Dregor, did you have any comments or questions? Take the conversation wherever you want. <laughs> Dreg, are you there? I've got a question, Todd. Uh, Go ahead, man. Uh, um, I've been thinking about, um, since I do this uh, prediction market stuff and we're always looking at the space and the players, it, it is always surprising to see like some of the most successful 
in in the in the space with crypto and sports etc predictions um they don't actually have a lot of like token holders or users etc and it's like man is it, it must be well first of all not a lot of people are in crypto yet still uh even less in like on these layer twos layer threes so um i've, I've always wondered what what's the solutions kind of being th uh, talked about like say if if i advertise uh Sport, uh, athlete X um, to say somebody who has used something like a uh, uh, draft kings or something like that, um, but they don't know what a wallet is, don't know anything yeah. like that. So jumping from having them set up, uh, you know, an Ethereum wallet or et cetera, and then, and then moving them onto the next layer and bridging, what are the solutions to just have somebody on board from like, uh, I have a credit card. I have a debit card. Ooh. Can I take this one, Sefi? Do you mind? Yeah, go for it. So I, I actually listened to a, a space that Timmy hosted the other night um, that was super awesome. And basically, it's there's a, a platform coming called Noba. Um, and Noba is basically a fiat on-ramp. Um, but they're also implementing this um, feature where... It's a fiat on-ramp that then directly interacts with smart contracts on the blockchain. So that whole first step you described with like people bringing money like onto ETH first and then bridging to Cosmos, like just get rid of that whole thing. Like that's no longer a problem, right? Like this thing is like straight to IBC chains and interacts directly with IBC smart contracts. And they're using Squid as kind of like their, um, I guess, like relaying um, mechanism to be able to. Uh, interact with like all these different IBC chains. So it's Noba and then Squid. Um, and I don't know, I mean, if we can like get yeah. some of their stuff up here, but. Yeah, I was there with them as well. Yeah, the, um, so what's what's going to happen, um, Kev, is like uh, you're going to be able to get to the point where um, you could create, safe an an app or DAP. Um, you can have a way to fiat on-ramp right then and there. And you can then have people interacting with your platform like uh, immediately without having to know a whole lot of shit about anything, quite frankly. So, um, yeah, a lot of that stuff is going to get abstracted away pretty quickly, pretty soon, I think, um, especially when it comes to Cosmos. It's really advantageous for these uh, sort of like uh, b because. Cosmos is uh, consistent generally throughout the chains of the Cosmos. Um, these implementations are really helpful for them because they can find um, like they can find liquidity and users across many chains. So, you know, they only have to implement this once. And with interchain accounts and some of the other technologies that are sort of emerging, you'll be able to like, let's say, for example, I don't know, uh, someone has money on the crow blockchain but your blockchain is something else like you're on juno and you know you have to move money around back and forth get fiat on and like you know uh, figure out what you're supposed to do um right now it's kind of complex you got to like you know convert these tokens to that token and then convert that to something else and then who knows what right whereas eventually what will happen is is like the end user it really won't matter what they pay their fees in they could pay it in crypto they could pay it in cash whatever the hell and um, it just sort of like, 
yeah, it becomes totally transparent in the background, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, cool. that sounds dope. Uh, where do I find more about it? So I, Nova just, Squid? Put a, I just put a tweet um, in the uh, the header here, and it's Terra Spaces went ahead and recorded the, the whole space. So if you want to listen to the space to learn, I guess, like more of the details, you can do that. But then uh, both the 0x squid underscore and then also the Nova underscore tech account are tagged in that post. So you can follow them there. And uh, I thought you meant Nova, like in a, like the star thing. Nova. <laughs> Nova. No, like, okay, Nova. N-O-B-U? Nova. N-O-B-A. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I like Nova. I like Nova though. You should. You should tell them to change the name. I like that one. Yeah, they should. Sounds a little Japanese the way they have it. Are they Japanese? I don't know. Unsure. Yeah. Noba. Okay. Cool. I'll just save this tweet. But yeah, it's cool. I think I think like what you're describing. Um, uh, sorry, I, I just heard Seppi called you Kevin, so I'm assuming your name is Kevin. What you're describing, yeah. yeah. What you're describing, Kevin, is like kind of the the best way to get the next group of people into web three right is abstracting away all of the bs they just want to like one click bam done like they want the amazon prime like put me on the scheduled delivery thing and like i don't want to think about anything else and i think a lot of that is coming like this these next 12 months yeah Yeah. i'm uh, i'm I'm excited to learn kev your fans want to gamble or whatever it is they want to do and they don't want to learn like you they don't want to, whatever prediction they don't they want to play on your system they don't want to learn how to play with crypto necessarily that's not why they're exactly there. exactly exactly and so yeah i was i was getting ready to just make my own solution i was like guys why can't we just have a call center and like when the orders come in we'll set up a wallet for them and send them their keys have like some form for them to own their own keys but like uh yeah this you know just do a some you know really basic uh sticks and stones solution until somebody comes up with something smart uh but this sounds this sounds good i'll check it out yeah that's like that's like a scaling disaster waiting to happen right like (laughs) right don't don't even don't even like yeah honestly it's like almost probably worth it to just wait until something like this is ready because i think it's very close we would uh we were thinking we'd come up with solutions tech solutions to like at each step, like, okay, can we get rid of this guy by, you know, using this technology to replace him? And so, but it, it definitely, this sounds a lot more, you know, I mean, there's a lot of vulnerability points where things could go wrong, of course, like you said. Um, but, you know, you gotta, I was like, as long as someone's trying something, maybe we'll get some insights about what exactly we need to build and what are the problems along the way that we need to solve. I've always, I've always kind of, I've been biased towards action. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, it's better to just do and, and figure it out. I think, I, I don't know, Seppi, do you remember, like, did they mention any sort of timeline to product or anything like that? No, I didn't get any hit. I, I asked that question. I didn't get a real sense of like timeline or anything. Um, I, Maybe I talk to them, see if those. I can do it for them. It's like, hey, can I send you some engineers and just speed this thing up? Uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're, yeah. definitely, they're definitely committed, I think. And I think they were on ETH before. And I think they're just expanding their, um, they're expanding the cosmos, sort of like, kind of like what you're talking about doing it possibly. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something they're, they're going forward with. But you could probably just message them. They'll probably let you know like what the timeline looks like for them or whatever. 
Yeah, and it, um, and it yeah. sounds yeah. like yeah. one of their major things that they're working on right now, because like they're basically going to be like that you have to KYC to use them. Like they're not going to be like any other service that I, I know some of them you don't necessarily need to KYC for, but um, I think a lot of the reason why maybe like they're not launching right away isn't because they don't have like the product developed. I think it's a lot of like the legal like and and like other like hoops that they have to jump through. Um, but they have like a team of like 20 plus people, very experienced. Um, uh, I, they have like someone from Venmo that works for them who was like pretty high up in Venmo. So like I think like they're good on that side of things. It's just a matter of making sure that like they have all the the I's dotted and the T's crossed before they they go live. Yeah, one thing most uh, decentralized applications don't want to be is they don't want to be KYC fiat providers. That's the thing. Like that, that almost certain, almost nobody wants to be doing this. So this is the problem that this is one of the barriers for crypto so far. Like Prime Trust has uh, spent a considerable amount of effort to do this, and um, sadly for Prime Trust, they got sort of like I think they probably got affected by Terra because of UST. They got, I think, affected by um, who else? Uh, anyway, w- point is, like, they've been slapped around pretty good with the the most recent crypto market, and uh, they were one of the bigger uh, uh, fiat on ramps, at least for the United States, um, in the last couple of years. I say we gotta like we gotta at least if we're gonna keep this space, uh, crypto, et cetera like a lot there has to be some regulation and protections etc play play within the matrix to, to some extent at least some layer of crypto and i think people just have to kind of it's kind of like how uber and airbnb did it they were doing something like okay this is really weird nobody had even imagined you were going to let somebody come sleep on your couch for a few bucks um but they kind of like forced their way and since they they became so you like so uh they became ubiquitous and kind of just yeah invaded and so they got they to couldn't be choose their anymore. rules right they kind of got, got to choose their rules in a way and i feel like crypto should not run from regulation but embrace it and and own the narrative at least to say all right let's let's legitimize but can we have favorable rules for it that at least stays close to what we were trying to accomplish here? I think small, I think small projects should avoid the rules entirely. Like, I think it's like, yeah, hundred percent point. Yeah. The whole point is for smaller projects is decentralized, uh, be relatively anonymous and like, fuck them, just do whatever you want to do. I suppose in the background. Um, now does that mean that there's some real bad guys that'll do the same thing? Sure. It's quite possible, but I think, um, I think there'll be people that will want to participate in the like darker portions of the the crypto web. And, you know, like if law enforcement or whatever has to deal with people that do weird shit, that's that's on them. But ultimately, I think um, in the like a significant majority of people will probably be KYC as they are now, like going through regular crypto exchanges. And most people are going to have a hard time, like avoiding whatever taxes in their countries and all the other shit. Um, and like are going to want to use their money, but be able to use it on various decentralized applications. And um, a lot of those dApps are just going to stay anonymous. Like they're not going to announce who they are, what they're doing or anything else, because why would they? Like, let's say you have a gambling application literally um, on the internet. 
Like, why in the world wouldn't you just stay anonymous? It just makes no sense to even bother um, attempting to comply because you'll be breaking some rule in some jurisdiction somewhere on the planet. And like crypto and dApps are essentially global. And um, it is what it is, right? Like, so like when people ask me about their little NFT projects and whatever the fuck, I'm like, no, I don't want you to KYC. I don't want you to like, you know, try to, uh, you know, form an LLC or some bullshit. You're just painting a like a target on your back. Like, or just don't do it at all if you think that that's the way to go because you're just like, I don't know, what, you're going to get a lawyer and everything else and like draft up a, I don't know. The whole thing is just stupid. It doesn't make any sense, actually. You might as well just stay in traditional if you're going to do all of that stuff in my I think, I, I, think I guess your, it your has point. a ceiling on how high you can grow then, right? If you well, that's yeah, the thing, right? Sure. Is, is the big guys are they going to be the ones like you said, that like pave the way, like the Ubers and the Airbnbs, like Ripple right now has been tied up in legal forever. And I think like, that's the type of stuff that needs to happen. Um, and until like, there are like actual regulations written, like I'll actually flip it and say that the government doesn't want like regulation to come yet, because if, if things are clear, it's going to be hard for them to find the biggest players and it, get it, their cut. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter though, because here's the thing, like what are you going to comply with like Australia's regulations, the United States and then Japan or whoever the hell, like at the end of the day, it's not even possible to comply with all regulations. So what ends up happening is, is you have to decide where like some country decides to come after you for whoever the hell knows what reasons and whatever jurisdiction, like, is that what you want to face in life? Like, you know, you get listed on some fucking, you know, thing. And then next thing you know, you have a little vacation to Japan and you just find out that you're on some blacklist there and they lock you up because you made some dap that some dude, you know, gambled on or some shit and lost money or whatever. Like the problem is, is that um, like there's too many attack vectors on you as a person globally. If you, uh, if you put yourself out there like that, and that's been demonstrated numerous times. So I don't know. I like these, these, these like, uh, NFT companies and stuff that form LLCs and try to go legit and all that. I'm like, all right, good luck with that bullshit. Like, you know, like, let's see how that plays out. I don't know. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause like, like you said, there's no, there's not going to be like a universal or at least, I don't know, maybe there will be, but yeah, universal law that you can follow that would because you're in no specific jurisdiction, right? And and so that does complicate it even further. And and just another reason why I think, yeah, regulation is going to be, it's not, I mean, it's going to happen, but it's just, it's going to be really hard to like actually enforce. And I think that's why they're operating in the gray and they're just going to basically like do what they did with BlockFi, which is like, they're just going to find them a shit ton of money and then be like, all right, you can keep doing this, but like, you have to pay us a bunch of money first. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the other thing that I thought was interesting about Nova is like people have been talking a lot about like zero knowledge proofs and, and just the idea of like decentralizing information to the point where like, like for example, Nova is going to have all your KYC info, right? Like they're going to have it stored in like a centralized like server somewhere or like something. And, and so like if, if someone comes to them is like, you have to give us all the access to this because we have suspicions that like one of your users, for example, like is a terrorist or whatever. It's like, okay, now there's like a single point failure where they have to hand over your info. And that's like a case where you do want the info handed over. Right. But like, if it's something that's maybe like presented as something malicious that isn't, and they just get access to a bunch of people's like information, that's also problematic, but there's no legal precedent for using like zero knowledge proofs for KYC. 
And so even if they did try and do that and like preserve kind of like the privacy aspect of like blockchain that everybody is so wet about, it's like they're not actually like doing things by the book. And so they've already expressed like, we're just not going to do that. And yeah, it'll be interesting because like for some people, like that's really important that, that they don't have their info like stored in like one single place. Yeah. Even if someone was going to come after me and ask me for this, that and the other thing, I'd rather like cycle my money through secret and, you know, like, <laughs> and then like convert to wherever I'm going. And then, you know, like I'm, I'm, I think it's like better to obfuscate by default than it is to, um, then it is to assume that like the people that can see this information have your best interest at heart. Um, I'd rather be like, I'd rather have the ability to show, um, you know, like if, if I have to comply with some regulation, that's great and everything, but like you want to be able to plead the fifth, so to speak, at least in the United States, you don't want to have that information there. And then people can spin a yarn about what you, who you are and what you did. You follow what I'm saying? Like you, you can actually create, like if you have, if you're, if you work in certain like attack vectors, you can pin crazy shit on people just because you feel like it. Like, you know, you can make it look like such and such did something really, really nefarious by linking it to, to, to wallets that did nefarious things. And um, you, you can kind of spin a yarn up and kind of create a criminal out of it, which, which I'm not a fan of like this idea. So I'd rather have personally like that, you know, a lot of things hidden by default for these reasons. Yeah. It's like, uh, you just if you haven't used your imagination about this enough, it's because you like you don't have a dark enough mind <laughs> and you shouldn't be like. And so therefore, you just don't realize how many attack vectors can people can screw you with yet. Um, and that's a that's a thing. You have to have kind of that dark mind to sort of sort this out. <laughs> Assume the word. Assume the word. like agreeing about something here. <laughs> yeah, um, just giving support as a fellow dark mind, Sefi. Oh, cool. Anyone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Drager, uh, you had some comments or something? You've been here for a while, but you, I couldn't hear your voice last time. Uh, Drager, are you there? Like, I'm not sure if he's there or not there. <laughs> I can never tell. I got lost on the conversation. And we, have we gone round and round a couple times? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah, we'd, we'd kind of, <laughs> yeah. It, I think we went to KYC-related concerns and then sort of like, I went on this privacy rant for just a few minutes. <laughs> so there, I mean... I get, I don't know if we want to continue the conversation down the privacy ramp, but like there, there is one thing I'm really interested in and I don't really know like where, like how long it's going to take for it to be out. But like there, there is a, a company called Nillion, which is trying to kind of attack this like privacy problem in blockchain. And like at a very high level, like the idea that they have is to take basically like your information and particleize it and send that info out to like a decentralized set of nodes so that like the info exists on other nodes, but like in an unrecognizable state. And then like any time that information needs to be like retrieved to like verify, let's say like your identity, then like a series of computations can be done on the particles and then return the result to where it needs to go without ever like revealing like like your ID, for example, which was yeah, and, ma and maybe only the parts of it you need for that moment. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and this is like a really, really, really interesting case for privacy. And I think like, I don't know, it's been a really long time since there's been like the next big thing since encryption. And I think it has the potential to do that. The reason why it kind of piqued my interest is because in May, 
the uh, the founding engineer of Uber basically like came out of retirement to become their CTO. So it's just kind of like been on my radar. I'm like, this is like kind of one of those things that just makes you tilt your head. Like, I don't really know where this is going to go, but this sounds interesting. Yeah, I think I heard something about that um, and about the CTO thing. But anyway, uh, Django, did you, or BJ, I'm just going to call you BJ. Um, oh, I don't know about BJ. That, oh, boy. Say my full name or not at all. Avatar Bajongo Bajongo. Mm. <laughs> uh, did you finish uh, uh, making lunch or whatever, dinner, wherever you're at now? Yeah. Now, uh, now me and Zero Chimney are playing chess in the background. You can hear it. I got a big pile of uh, food into a pot and uh, cooking it at this point, finally. Uh, like a Cajun gumbo type of thing going on here. Sausage and everything. Should be pretty good. Sounds good. I'm just teaching Chimney a lesson. Oh, a lesson in chess? Mm-hmm. He disrespected I called him out, and he's, uh, he's getting annihilated now. Chimney, can you speak while you're playing, or are you maybe you switched out the app or something? No. Oh no, I'm still here. I'll just keep myself uh, on talking. Um, yeah, this next move is pretty critical. I uh, I'm not really sure. This position is completely fucking bizarre. Uh, yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> so, well, on Mayor, that note, while yeah. while they play chess in the on in the background, does does anyone else have any questions or? topics they'd like to discuss about the cosmos ecosystem or uh the new white paper or nfts anything i think jade wanted to catch up a little bit was she i don't know if she's on the way home from work or something because she's on listener but didn't hop up so maybe she's still busy i i i find it very interesting the whole where we're at with nfts right now like you know we were talking about trying to find uh more web two um businesses coming into the web3 world and it's just like it just seems like there's so much potential with nfts i, I mean you i think you were talking about like um you know just people wanting to authentic um or uh what's the word i'm looking for um obfuscate yeah <laughs> um like oh i don't know just like anything like um re real life trading cards or um Anything that needs a digital tag to prove or a digital um, way of authenticating that it's the real thing. Like NFTs has so many use cases. And it's like, it just seems like that Web3 is having a hard time breaking in. I know we were talking about that earlier, but. Like, I'll give you an example of uh, like a, a, an application that, um, you know, most people would want, but they don't realize they need. So. Uh, I think if assuming that you're like, uh, you know, paying taxes in your country or whatever on transactions and such, um, like if you go and you uh, say uh, go to a brokerage and you buy an ETF, right, exchange traded fund, it might have 100 different stocks in it. Uh, there might even be um, the possibility that some of those stocks are sold and other stocks are purchased and, you know, a bunch of shit's happening in the background and you don't pay tax on any of that. You pay tax. The, the value of the ETF has a certain value. 
you buy it at, let's say, $100, you sell it at $200, and you pay a capital gains tax on the $100 gain, right? So um, what you would – so in, in crypto, though, like if you say buy Bitcoin and sell Bitcoin, you're, you're paying a capital gains tax immediately on, um, on that event. Whereas um, if you were inside of a smart contract um, or ETF, let's say, that was doing this for you and no transactions were being written to your name, then actually there is no taxes on those gains at that moment. It would only be when you ultimately um, convert back to fiat that anyone's going to even notice what you have and how much you have. And this is why like secret network makes sense because you can do all sorts of trading transactions theoretically in the background, but then these are not noticed by anybody. So you can see like ultimately, um, it, ultimately when you take cash and you take it out to your bank account, you would basically just tax it as income, but uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to pay tax on every single uh, individual transactions in between because there is no record of it, technically speaking, and nobody can really force you to provide a record of it. And they have no idea what's inside there one way or the other, whether you're trading it, whether it's sitting there, maybe it lost value, maybe it gained value. Nobody knows what's inside of it. So therefore, it only matters when you exit. And it's no different than an ETF. So when people say, well, that seems a little shady, not really. Like people do it all the time in TradFi uh, type of circles. But like these type of trading instruments seem like unusual because they're crypto or some bullshit, but not really. Um, there really shouldn't be taxes on all those transactions necessarily. Um, if you know what you're doing, right? Like that should be the way it, it's done. And it's the same problem with like grid bots on like KuCoin or something like that. Every single transaction is like recorded as a theoretical taxable event. And if someone were to get those records or whatever, then you, you, you submit these things, it's going to show a taxable event every single buy and sell every like what, 10 minutes or whatever, however frequently your, your bot is trading. So I think tax efficiency um, is really important, which is why I've been waiting for kind of bot trading to show up, like maybe on SEI network or some other thing where um, you have like uh, this can be wrapped into a uh, like the trading bot could be wrapped into a smart contract or for that matter, just running on secret network. So no one ever notices um, what transactions are happening until after you leave secret network and then you can pay your taxes on that income just like normal. Yeah, I think injective and uh, say and. Kujira might start having some options for for that as far as you can just set up some trading patterns and let let the program run it itself and then like you're not really the smart contract is doing the trades you're not doing them exactly yeah. they're not showing up on the blockchain on your name right in a sense is the is the key so because I mean, every transaction is being recorded it's one thing but if, if they're not being recorded you're just getting the profit at the end then like however much money you put in and how much money you take out, you, you would just, it's just taxed differently at that point. And no one can say otherwise because there's no record of it. Yeah. I mean, that's also like, I guess there is a record of this somewhere, but like the, the whole auth Z thing with restake, like that doesn't show up as your own transaction because it's executed for you, but by your validator. Right. So that's like, yeah. A whole nother mess. Exactly. It's it, the way you look at it is like think of it like a liquid stake token, right? So if I have liquid staked, um, uh, I don't know Luna or something, Luna X, whatever, um, the value of the token goes up, um, but the, like 
the staking, the claims, and the restaking and all that happens in the background, and only your coin price goes up in value. So what's the difference? It's just a primitive or derivative of the process of like claiming and staking, giving you a liquid stake token, and now you don't have any taxable events along the way, but you're still compounding your yield. So that's the same concept, except there's no difference, but you could do the entire trading platform uh, in that context, uh, completely obfuscated and um, completely undiscoverable in any kind of court setting. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, th I think the, the funny thing too is like back in the day when the rebase protocols were like, you know, hot shit, basically like a year ago, all these people were like, oh, just like uh, create this wrapped token. And then like the wrapped token accrues in value and you no longer have to pay like tax and rebasing. And I'm like, the funny thing is, is like the only reason why they even said that is because that like fits within the current paradigm of TradFi, which is like you have a singular asset that doesn't change in like the amount of the asset, the price just accrues. And so like that's all we're doing is like trying to find ways to make crypto fit within existing like TradFi restrictions, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. Cause you're like, well, like like you said, why does it fucking matter as long as I've been doing the tracking myself and it comes out the other end and you can see what went in and what went out. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think and, that... and no and no version of uh, unrealized capital gains where you try to tax people on like let's say for example you have a house this year it's worth a million dollars next thing, next year it's worth worth one point two million dollars. There's no version of taxing unrealized gains that doesn't work because then you'd have to tax you'd have to rebate unrealized losses as well. So that whole st stupid argument people make periodically is just run mostly by morons. There's just no way that's going to work. So it's it's always going to be on realized gains, and the key is to have systems that like focus on um, keeping gains in an unrealized setting, especially if you don't intend to literally cash it out and spend it. So I think part of the Adam Two workup framework also includes this idea of like a, a natively liquid staked Adam, which is interesting as well. Um, so that that could be a another uh, like pro for the new Adam token uh, if they execute that properly. But there's also like Quicksilver and other like liquid staking solutions, but then that, that adds a second layer of risk to your primary token. Whereas if the base token is liquid staked, you don't, you, you don't have this like tax problem. It's basically tax efficient is, is I think the language that people use. Would that be like the, the stake easy version, which is basically like a wrapped rebase token where like the, the amount of the asset doesn't change, but it accrues in value over time instead? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do it with Adam exactly. Um, and, that, and the other way people have done this is they, they, they do a burn, right, where transactions and, and uh, value accrual, uh, like any time a profit is made on that blockchain, that profit is used to burn that amount of token, and that's how value returns. I think Spectrum Protocol and some other people have done that on their small protocols to accrue value back to the primary holder by just simply reducing supply. And that's another way to sort of like indirectly cause the price to go up. But you, if you just do arbitrary burns um, that aren't tied to revenue, it's just basically nonsense, right? Like it, it has to be tied. Like it has to be like a stock buyback. Buyback. Wait, you don't mean you mean that if you just burn tokens, it doesn't like? Uh, <laughs> isn't that what Lunk is doing? <laughs> Number go up. Um, yeah. I knew you'd like that uh, over there, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> no uh well it depends uh it depends on the mechanisms and such but yeah i think lower lowering supply artificially is fine because in many ways we raise supply artificially too so 
there's nothing particularly special about it in either direction, honestly. You, you could do it in either direction and be fine. But what I'm saying is like, if you want to tie it to revenue and create a value accrual mechanism for the coin, technically the revenue yeah. should drive destruction or supply reduction De definitely. somehow, right? It has to be tied I, I to some real value. I, I, th I think the problem is, is like, yeah, like a lot of people don't understand that. They just think like, oh, the supply is reduced. Therefore, like if more people buy it, like, you know, it'll push the price up from like a supply demand perspective. But it's like, no, like you need to do the buyback and then you need to do the burn for it to actually matter. Here, Chugs is coming up here. Let me get him up. Mayor, did you have any other thoughts or comments, any of that? No, I, yeah, I just, I definitely find it interesting that, uh, yeah, there's just different ways to go about it, you know? And, um, yeah. Yeah, each, of, each thing has trade-offs, basically. Yeah, and but there, there's still so many more applications that I think, blockchain industry can try to lure the web to like just all the insurance you know like several type of insurance mechanisms can be brought over to blockchain and i, I just i know i know there there's a lot of smart people working on on trying to to break into the web 2 world a little more or you know Get them yeah, to I, think, use, I think it depends on how much real world, um, real world um, processes have to take place in order to convert like other real world applications to blockchain anything. And the real world stuff involves people, it revolves corruption, it revolves around bureaucracy. Um, there's all sorts of layers to that, right? So um, like whether it's insurance industry, like having to deal with fraud or fraudulent claims, uh, things like that. They have entire departments to sort all that shit out. And um, to the extent that this sort of thing can be done on chain um, without a substantial amount of uh, like graft, um, like I don't know how, how far we're going to get with that. We'll see. Hey, Chugs, what's up, man? Hey, brother, not much. How's your raccoon treating you, buddy? I saw you purchased one earlier. Yeah, I think it was around... Uh, I think it cost me about like 450 US. Uh, it was like uh, hang on, hang on. Let me get this straight. So an AI piece of art that someone's had to do fuck all with has cost you 450 bucks to generate. That 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 seems a bit overkill, if I'm honest. That's what the that's what the market seems to demand right now. So there, that's what it is. Um, I just sort of uh, grabbed it for fun and like, you know, in solidarity with the gang here. <laughs> so. I think I didn't get one of these. I think that the the I think Mayor and others have this like maniki cat thing going on and I haven't gotten one of those, but apparently I should is what they're saying. But I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, I think, just like I think you understand like what I'm, I'm trying to say. So like you've just spent four hundred and fifty bucks on a piece of art that someone's done a bit of code to go randomly generate this. And there's like no real meaning behind it. There's no nothing. Like, you know, it's it's not even like you can play off artistic flair or anything it's literally just the case of fuck it it's worth 450 bucks for some unknown reason yeah but you know like the thing it, is it has um, some utility it has some utility this these... yeah the, it has it's a bit of a utility one but also um what's interesting about um uh, you know and i don't really buy these things to sell them really i don't really like i'm not going to sit there and watch prices and other bullshit on the whole thing i just buy it for the hell of it um, and, uh, just want to hold on to these things. And, uh, you know, like, like this idea that I'm going to sit there and like, uh, like, you know, like check prices and sell it again and all this. I don't, I don't care. It's in my wallet. It's, it's fun. And, 
if it does neat things or I can play some games with it, fine. Um, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, is it the because uh, I remember I joined an AMA. It was an AMA just on Twitter space that you were doing beforehand uh, with the first one I saw you in with the raccoon guys, and they were going absolutely mental. So, what is there? Is there like an RPG game coming out based on the uh, NFT or? Well, they have this gambling platform. So they have like a yeah. raccoon bets platform, which is kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know. We, I guess we technically NFT... like to call it gaming. Sorry. Technically gaming. gaming. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you, you use some, some Juno tokens, which, by the way, are, are let's just say they're worthless for, for the sake of argument. Um, and then you kind of like put it into the slot machine and do this and that. Um, and I, I think Soja suggested that I uh, play this while I'm on the toilet in the morning. Which is funny. Um, so I'll consider so that. The gaming platform has several different games, but they're they're going to be uh, releasing um, like rock paper scissors, uh, blackjack, uh, possibly a chess game, and so just just uh, different types of games that you can um, you can play against the house or you can play against another player. And we're we're using uh, Juno as just some trading tokens just to trade around. Yeah, and I, I parked enough Juno on uh, in staking so that like I can just use the staking yield for like buying NFTs or whatever. I did the same thing on Stargaze as well. And since the market's down, um, you know, like the current floor prices of a lot of these things probably are the floor prices for the most part, uh, like a true floor, right? A market floor and a uh, like a, a marketplace floor uh, as far as like the total crypto market. So it's probably fine. You know, not, not a big deal. Uh, that's interesting to know. Like I just, I just thought it was a bunch of guys with raccoons just trying to shill art that is AI generated that literally served no function, but if it serves a function. Like, Ed, does, yeah, does my, does my NFT like make money somehow or something or what? Like does it you something? get 1% of the, uh, one percent of the protocols. Uh, oh, okay. Take. All you guys need to go and gamble then, so my 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 thing can make money. <laughs> game, game, play the game. Just, <laughs> I own part of a casino now. Is that what it is? Hey, yeah, because you know the, the government's going to come in and be like, "Oh, you called it gaming." Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what surprises me, Sefi, and the rest of the crew here? It's like you know we talk about NFTs on Cosmos, which you know you can spend anywhere between, you know what three us dollars and 300 to 400 us dollars on uh you know stars or whatever or secret but you talk about the eth world that's nothing like some of the nfts floating around over there even still in this market you're spending over three thousand dollars for an nft on on some of those ethereum chains it's mind-boggling i I mean i i did i have invested a grand into uh, a a play-to-earn game that's coming out um, part of the uh, beta in like two weeks, actually. So, yeah, no, I do understand like the Ethereum chain is really fucking expensive. And it, it wasn't just obviously paying for the NFTs, I had to pay the gas fees as well, which was like a 10% markup. And I'm sitting there going, fuck, why is it so expensive just to buy an NFT? But, you know, for Cosmos, though, the thing is like a lot of these ecosystems are really small right now, like even Stargaze, but it is one of the higher volume locations. Um, I think I chatted with the Omniflix people a little bit. They're doing some cool things like like the number of people coming to the ecosystem that are going to be either playing on the NFT platforms or otherwise, it'll probably 10x within a few years. Right. Like it doesn't take that long. So I think it's still relatively 
whatever early or whatever you want to call it. So I think I, I, I like uh, just buying a few things here and there just to kind of um, experience the mechanisms of how the platforms work. Like, you know, how easy is it for a newbie to do this? How much money is this costing? Like what kind of risks are involved? Like there's nothing like actually playing to help you sort of sort that out. That's kind of why I buy these to some extent too. So I've, I've, I buy like one or two on each like network just to kind of, you know, see what the experience is like, you know, how, what, how do they compare? Like how does Stargaze compare to, I don't know, like nowhere on Terra or something like that. And you see stark differences in terms of um, ease of use and like the quality of the platform um, stash, which is what, where I bought um, this on secret um, was a pr pretty nicely built um, marketplace, actually pretty decent experience. Although it is, it is kind of tricky if you have money that's in anything but like the S secret, SC or SS, uh, the, the secret secret token. Um, it's that it took a little bit of like effort to kind of sort out, you know, okay, exchange all these tokens and get to the secret swap and swap this damn thing and that thing. And like, it just takes a little while to get through it all just to get an NFT. So the, the, the user experience could be easier in that respect, but it, but again, you know how that works if you try it a few times. Um, and if you play on there and then, then you'll realize, wait, okay, this is what these guys are missing compared to those guys. It helps you kind of like do a little bit more of a market analysis of where the ecosystems are going. Um, you just don't understand what's happening unless you play, I think. And having some skin in the game where you actually buy something, see what happens to the price of it and everything else helps you understand like the user sentiment around these things as well. And I think I like to learn all those things. So, um, you know, it, that way, like I can tell like, you know, what is bullshit and what isn't eventually. Um, Does yeah. that mean when uh, Shibarium comes out, you're going to be uh, diving into Shibarium just for a bit of fun? Because obviously that's uh, due out next quarter. Well, not no, it's due out this quarter, isn't it, in the next uh, few months? <laughs> I, I have a, I, I really don't like, I don't know, opening up a goddamn MetaMask wallet and messing with all that shit, honestly. So I tend not <laughs> to go to Ethereum for this reason. Like, no, I don't, don't want to have to deal with another, like, you know, set of keys and securities and security issues and all that. So I tend to go with just one thing and be done with it. I just stick with Cosmos for the most part. Uh, fair enough. I just think it's going to be interesting because uh, I think uh, Shiba are going to try and go down the, uh, well, the, the NFT gaming route and be the blockchain for that. So I think if that is the case and that's their, their niche, I guess, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they hold up because obviously they've got the uh, the clout. They've got the games that are already out now, aren't they? Like they've... Uh, They've released uh, that Shiba card game or whatever, uh, like recently. I don't know if you've seen it on the mobile app store and stuff. It's like worldwide release. And it's supposed to be addictive, apparently. But, uh, yeah. Did that just get released? That's it. That sounds interesting. Two days ago, apparently it went on worldwide. I think it was over the, the Shiba fighting game where you like fight the bosses to get to like the big Shiba boss or whatever. Oh. Or it was the card game. I know the card game's out in Australia. Is it a mobile uh, mobile download for a mobile phone? Yeah, as far as I know, yeah. And you don't even have to have a wallet to play it. It's just obviously if you See, want to buy the back cards, you do. That's where it's at. That's where you, you get to the masses. It's just you don't, yeah. you don't even need a mobile wallet, just some fun, goofy game. And oh, by the way, if you want to really check out the ecosystem, you know, some link, just some link that'll link you to, uh, you know, some website tells you all about Shiba Inu and all that. It's not even that, mate. What they're doing is, so you can play the game. They've got like a training system on the game to how to play it as well. So that was the first thing they did was brilliant. So like it takes you through different tiers, almost like teaching someone how to play chess. 
or like uh, what's a what's a famous card game like Magic the Gathering and crap like that. So it's got that tutorial system at the beginning. It then gives you a basic deck, and then if you apparently no matter what cards you've got, if you you're skillful enough, you don't have to buy cards. But obviously, there are better cards you can buy from their store that will give you an edge. Yeah, they had a card game like that on Terra called. Um... Some of the guys that we knew were built this thing. It was uh, what's it called, Defiance or something like that. Um, oh, and that's why that Eternity coin w- went ballistic because I saw that the one coin Eternity went ballistic. That they're tied into the Shiba Inu game, mm-hmm. and they're using okay. that to bring down the trillions of Shiba Inu that's out there. And in all fairness, it's an interesting concept because it's they they kind of like coined the phrase play to burn now and i'm sitting there going ah that was pretty clever like you know it's it's brand new like i I think we need more on the terra station like that luna classic uh, is like it seems like the perfect place to do a bunch of gambling it really does i mean even just gambling burn thing you have a bunch of degens right like it makes sense Uh, to be fair i think the whole cosmos it would be good like isn't there uh I don't know if it's meta rivals and i know everyone's calling that a scam but there's a there's a game coming out that's pitting blockchains against each other so like Ethereum versus Polygon versus BNB and all that sort of thing. And like you, it, it's like a war strategy game where everyone makes a decision based on the game and it pushes it out there and whoever like wins blockchain wise gets rewards or something like that. But I, I think it's a pretty interesting concept that like, uh, game developers can like put their NFTs to make it compatible with this game. And uh, I, I think Luna should try and get involved in that personally, but we obviously need some games to get involved with it. Sapi, do you know if there's any uh, like casinos on Cosmos yet? Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. Like Raccoon Bet is the one I just bought an NFT for. Um, so yeah, if you go and like play um, uh, slots or whatever, I'll get some of the earnings when you lose. Mm, that's <laughs> assuming I'll lose. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no guarantee you'll lose. I suppose uh, I won some this morning actually. So I just played around for for a little bit. So you know, you can check it out. But basically, it's. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what's the name of the what's the website for it. Uh, I don't know if Sir Rack down there has the uh, the site Raccoon Supply. It. Raccoon Supply. Raccoon Supply dot was has some. Uh, I can post a link. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go on that site. You know, I feel like he uh, he has a bad random number generator. <laughs> no, actually, it's this one is actually built to where it's on chain randomness and such. So. Oh, it's all, yeah, it's, it's, all on it's all, yeah, you can mm-hmm. go in the docs and read the documents. Um, I asked the same questions when I first talked about this with them. <laughs> like, who like, are you uh, using to provide random numbers? Um, I think it's just possible via like the Cosmwasm uh chain. I don't know exactly how that works, but there's a, there's a, it's, it's based on just on chain program, it's not uh, like an external randomizer or whatever yeah they don't have to use chain link or anything to provide randomness they just mm, use i don't believe not i don't believe so i think it's like native raccoon.bet i don't think there's any there it's they've got like slots they have like this little like i don't know this funny little like probability based card game and they have uh what else on there i can't remember mm, they have a few things it's uh it's pretty easy to use i would say uh once you hook up like your your kepler wallet to it you can use Juno tokens pretty easily on there. Yeah, and if you, you don't have do, Juno tokens, you yeah. can convert them from Adam to Juno pretty easily on uh, like Osmosis. If you yeah. have a Cosmos Station wallet, you can. It works on mobile, and there's there's a lottery, 
There's the slots is the newest. There's a dice game. And there's a game called the dungeon, which is just a kind of a 50, 50 chance game. So the, the dungeon, the lottery, a three day lottery, uh, dice and slots right now. I'm going to try this real quick using Cosmos station. Cause I haven't seen that experience, but, uh, let me see one sec. I've got to go to Cosmos station. I got to switch to a wallet. Juno here. Let's see. Uh, there it is. Okay. And then I guess at the bottom of the wait, where do I find this? Ed? I think you have to go to, I, I'm not exactly sure with Cosmo station, how it works, but I think if you, Oh, here. Yeah. There's a button called DAP D A P P and yeah. there it is. Raccoon, raccoon dot bet. Raccoon dot bet. There you go. And then you can, it's, it's mobile. Which um, you'll have to connect connect the wallet. It should it might connect automatically since you're in Cosmos Station. But um, oh yeah, here we go. It worked out quite nicely. Um, yeah, I, think so I guess it's it's a mobile ready uh, DAP to begin with. So then, like uh, this just basically opens kind of a little browser within Cosmos Station. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But you're already connected to your Juno wallet. So here, if I'm going to play it like a dice here. Yeah, um, and on the dice you can set your own. Um, odds so like it, the dice is a hundred a hundred uh one out of a hundred and so you can set the odds at 75 and so if it rolls um below 75 um you, you're gonna win so you have a 75 percent chance of winning but obviously the payout is a, a lot less or you can set the odds way down to like 33 percent and so like you know um one out of three rolls is is the odds and you're going to get paid a little bit more. That sounds way too addicting. I would get fucking hooked on that shit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a degen play, and like we said, it's all gaming and it's all for adults. No, you know, and it's 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 just what's the difference of you know getting play, doing leverage, and you know go taking out a, um, you know a ten x leverage on you know, Ethereum or some other coin. It's kind of the same thing, you know. Man, what have you, what, what do you feel is like maybe the most, like what has been the most profitable game for you, I'll say, because I've been playing the dungeon every once in a while and like either I'm really lucky or I just like have just been winning a stupid amount of times. Uh, for me so far, it's um, been the slots. Um, which is hard because it is just completely random. It seems like it is. Um, I don't mess around with the dungeon. Um, I've, I've played it once and it's just like, eh, didn't seem that entertaining to me. Um, but yeah, uh, the slots has been, I've had more success with that. I think I might just got, you know, been right place at the right time, I guess. So. Going back to what I was saying earlier, guys, sorry about that, about the uh, cross-chain uh, game coming out. I've just shared it at the top. They're actually doing a $1 million prize pool for the top player uh, between the four chains. So, uh, yeah, you should probably check it check it out. It's called rifters.io. Rifters. Uh, mm. Yeah, no, it's uh, Solana, uh, Ethereum, Polygon, and I think there's one more chain that they're, uh, they're doing. And it, it, to be fair, it's an interesting concept making a or DAOs and uh, blockchains face each other off to obviously win a million bucks. It's, yeah. To, to me, in the casino in the form of an NFT makes more sense than 
like gambling necessarily. I'm not really much of a gambler, so um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of like this an NFT that represents the revenue of a system. Um, I, there are some other uh, applications that have done this sort of thing. Um, it's sort of like a security, essentially, where you sort of own part of the casino or whatever. Um, I think that's a nice um, a nice way to kind of like distribute ownership. I think one of the I think uh, Kev earlier was asking this question, like, how do you, um, you know, how how do you secure investors for something? One of the ways people have been doing is just simply selling NFTs, not promising any um, gains or rewards from it initially, but then later adding the so-called utility layer, which then prevents it from being a utility when they first release it. So, you know, it's like you almost like hint that there might be a utility, but you never kind of outright say it. And that way you're not breaking any rules or laws in terms of securities. So there's some tricks with that, too. Um, hey, Nollar, what's up? Or uh, DK, do you have a question? Like, he's kind of been here a while. DK, are, are you still drunk or whatever? Nollar, go ahead, man. No, I just wanted to make uh, sure. Uh, yeah, it's me. Yeah, did you want were you asking something specific or what? <laughs> no, 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 not nothing specific. But yes, but about, about this utilities and stuff. And Jay is online, and everything, everyone is online. Yeah, I, I spoke spoke to you earlier. I know what we have in Finland. It would be nice, but just to if you can get in the crypto somehow yeah somehow that'd be a good idea um i'd definitely look into it for sure mm. damn i drunk <laughs> yeah or, or if you get into crypto you'll probably get more drunk than usual because it'll fuck you up so yeah be careful there but um <laughs> hey uh hey dika um what was the best day of your life so far what was the story of that day the story of the best day of my life, when my dad's brother sold his company. That was the best day of your life or his life? I, I don't know whose, but I got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. was Joe Capital, Robert Carr. I got no. drunk as hell. That's amazing. <laughs> You drink a lot in Finland, huh? Yeah. What else can we do? Yeah, what else is up there? Do you have anything to do there? You can play on the internet. Nothing, nothing. I sold the companies I got from my father. I sold them away. So now... Two got bankrupt. So do you just take all the pandemic with it? And now I'm just drinking and having a good time. <laughs> okay. Do you drink a little bit on a Friday, or are you just like a just an alcoholic, raging alcoholic? Uh that's hard to say. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, drink every other day. I only I only drink when I want to. Okay. All right. Which is every day, every morning, right? No, no, it's not every day. Sometimes it's two days a week. Sometimes it's three. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> Have you ever just gotten really drunk and gone in the sauna and done yoga or something? 
Um, Jerry Bear, what not- the fuck is yoga? I'm not doing yoga. <laughs> okay. No. Well, what? What's the question? <laughs> uh, do, do you like to go in the hot tub and um, and do yoga in there when you're drunk? Why'd I you- have the hot tub. Hot tub here. Yes, I have. And I do don't finish yoga there. Yes. Jerry Bear. Now I'm just just getting it. Actually, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right. Cool. Yeah, Nollar, what's up, man? But today is Putin's birthday. I'm from Finland. We have one Russia once, but I'm still celebrating Putin's birthday. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nollar, what's up, man? What's what do you have to do? You have to me into this space. Fuck, you're boring. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, brother. I don't disagree at all. Yeah. But, okay. Keep talking about this. Fucking cryptos or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Hey, no. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't care. I have a bag of long coat, yeah. Uh, might go up or might go down. I don't care. <laughs> he's like too drunk to actually. Uh, yeah, he's like, I got lung, it might go up or it might go down. <laughs> uh, no, so what are you just finishing you, up? You're clicking buttons every day doing something. No, I'm at work right now. Um, so just chilling. Um, but. Nah, I just, you know, whenever the gambling topic comes up, I'm always like, I want to make sure that everyone's aware, like, the the systems are tilted against you. So, like, if you bet long enough, you lose. It's it's pure luck if you if you make money on Yeah, the, the, the house always wins. That's how these things yeah. work. That's why I'd rather own the casino, not the not <laughs> actually gamble there. Yeah, yeah, that's like, that's why the dungeon thing, like I, I played it like eight times in a row and made the same exact selections every time. And I, and I won like, like, I think I turned like one Juno into like 20 Juno. And I was like, what the fuck? And as soon as like, obviously I knew I was going to lose at some point. And as soon as I lost once, I was just like, yeah, that's it. That's how they get you. Like you win a bunch of times in a row and you're hooked. Yeah. No, I'm always, I'm always worried about like people. Better to lose. Taking that too far. Um, it, it's like the same thing with like leverage. Like, we, I think a lot of people saw the same thing with like Luna to a certain degree. Where everyone was like looping things on anchor, and when things are going up, everyone's really happy. Uh, and then you don't realize that the same thing happens in the reverse and it starts to go down. Uh, <laughs> you or if you loop or use leverage, it's it's with small amounts with a purpose, not just like just going crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's ways to do it where, like, like my portfolio maintains, like, a 1.2 to 1.3 percent, uh, 1.2 to 1.3x leverage at most times. Um, and then, like, it, it works, but it's a lot of management, which I think most people shouldn't or wouldn't be willing to do. Um, yeah, the management that, part can be a nuisance, yeah, for sure. Is that Grover? Did Grover change his name? Yeah, that's, yeah Grover's around. I think I've seen him around. Yeah, no, I know Grover pretty well. Um, <laughs> he was in here a minute ago. Uh, I was like, I recognized that voice, and I had to think for like a minute or two until I figured out who it was. 
Um, hey, Prem. Uh, Prem, Prem, Prem. What's, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, Sophie. How are you, buddy? I've been following you from a few days. Uh, Good. What and you it's doing? been a... Yeah, so I've been uh, just uh, looking after Lunk uh, and uh, just wanted to know, like, uh, uh, just wanted to ask you a question regarding Lunk, uh, saying that, like, uh, what's the capability of the future of Lunk? And uh, we've been seeing so many uh, uh, bearish and uh, bullish. And even some people say, like, uh, hey, please uh, look into the candles and everything. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously confused about Lunk. And uh, what do you think about uh, the uh crypto will be in the future next 10 years so just wanted to know so i just wanted to ask you this question from a long day so yeah i've been on this space oh yeah well that's a, that's a yeah complicated question a very like loaded question uh well uh crypto long term uh there's probably going to be some ecosystems that do obviously dramatically better than others like i don't think any of us know for sure which of those are going to do the best and all that um, a lot of promising stuff, uh, a lot of promising blockchains and, and projects and everything. Um, Luna Classic is kind of unique in that it kind of arose from this like crash and it's kind of doing this like uh, Phoenix from the Ashes kind of thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people brought a lot of attention to it and that kind of really boosted the market cap. Um, I think a lot of people that buy meme coins, interestingly, um, a lot of people show up all at once, buy, but then kind of slowly trickle away if they don't see a lot of dramatic price action. Because like a lot of the crowd that shows up for these things is like in it for the game, right? Like they really want to check. So what happens is, is you just wait for seller exhaustion, which is where like the excitement calms down, the price goes down a bit. And if you want to get more of it, like you do it when it's, uh, when it's like pulled back from the top or whatever. And that's usually a good idea. Um, when to buy these things? Who the hell knows? Like it could, could be whenever. Um, I think uh, the the you know overall market cap of Luna Classic is not huge, um, but at the same time, it's a lot bigger than how much TVL or total value locked is on the system. So you just have to take that into account. There's a lot of stuff being built on it, though. Um, as far as uh, like any any project on um ultimately on some of the other blockchains can technically be like duplicated since it's a cosmos chain and people can release stuff pretty easily um you know how many of those things are materializing right now i'm not 100 sure um and then of course there's like some things that need to be done with the blockchain like um long term uh how to replenish the community pool how to um like long term, uh, how our validator is going to get paid, and then ha and then also things like um, I don't know, um, you know, like upgrades to Cosmwasm and reenacting, like reestablishing IBC and everything. Uh, so yeah, quite a bit of things are going on in the background though. I don't follow it that closely. Terror Rebels and uh, Vegas and some of these guys uh, really are like looking very closely as far as like what can be done and what can be built. And they're getting some help from people from osmosis and stuff like that to reestablish some connectivity. Uh, so yeah, it should, I, I think based on the number of developers and people on playing on there, as far as like, um, like the builders, I would think that uh, it should do better than people think. 
overall. Like, I don't think it's going to be something that um, is that easy to quote unquote go to zero. Like, I think uh, as long as there's a community and builders and there's high liquidity, you'll find people build stuff on it. Like, that's just how this stuff works. Um, but will it outperform like any other number of blockchains? I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens. So, yeah. so your Luna Classic is at zero, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's like 0.000 or something. Yeah. But, it, I mean, I don't know. Like, is... I guess Coin the market Gecko cap, accurate. Yeah. It says the market cap's like still two billion, which is kind of nuts because it's yeah, still correct. like five x the market cap of of like the relaunched Luna chain. So the the problem with that is that like so much of it is in the um, pool, like the community pool, and all that kind of stuff, and a lot of it is like illiquid, so people really aren't moving it around. So it's yeah, kind of like if you that's take- what I was wondering. <laughs> if you if you print two tokens for like a, a doll like print two, two random tokens and I sell it to Sefi for a billion dollars and I keep one, technically we're both billionaires, but there's no liquidity, so it's effectively worth zero. Yeah, so I, sorry, like I know nothing about Lunk. So like any idea about like what percentage of that supply is actually like locked up? Um I I you could probably find out. I don't know. You guys, uh, Tim near Avatar Bajango Bajango. Either of you guys know? Uh, sorry, what was the question? How, what percentage of the uh, the uh, Lunk liquidity is liquid versus stuck somewhere? Oh, no, I don't pay attention to anything like that. It's uh, Me neither. It's, it's not very, yeah, it's, it's yeah, funny. It's not very healthy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually weird. healthier to just assume number go up all the time the hopeful version is actually psychologically more sane um just sitting around getting depressed about this and that other fucking thing is just not really worth the effort honestly <laughs> right it's it's just maths that no one needs to do because it doesn't matter um it's probably going to go up because people expect it to go up and it might exactly. go down because people sell it to the people who think it should go up. It's got it's, nothing to do with like, mechanics or it's like ninety nine percent narrative and one percent related to the spot supply. Like it's like not even close. So like worrying about yeah. these things, the only thing you have to worry about with these chains is how much you can keep the narrative going. That's the primary thing. If you can't keep the story going and people keep like and continue to use it and um, people continue to sort of like grow the ecosystem. That's really all you have to really know in the long run. And there's not a, any obvious reason why it can't grow, though. Um, it can it can definitely be um, uh, a lot can be done with the the, the blockchain because you have a lot of users and you have a lot of wallets uh, and you have like a an existing Terra Station wallet and all that. I think uh, um, I think a large proportion of the users though are still on like Binance or whatever. Um, as usual, like a lot of people haven't moved their uh, coins to um, mm. actually it. It's very so intimidating my, for them. My my I, guess is that like one of these larger exchanges, and like Binance or someone, was actually trying to arb away the the UST uh, at the time. So my guess is like they just have a metric ton of lunk somewhere. One of these ex- larger exchanges. Um, and it's just not worth the effort for them to actually move it. Um, so <laughs> my worry is just like, stuck I, there. I, yeah. 
and, and like what's going to end up happening is like if it ever gets to a significant point it might like become worth it for them to do that at one point and then no matter how much like momentum you guys have built up if you guys continue with it it's just going to get killed but right now like, if like Binance dumps their lunk or whatever right we're going to skewer them on social media so that that, that, that won't work like you know well <laughs> like you get like thousands a... of retweets or whatever it's not even, it's probably going to be in like a small wallet that like no one knows about. Um, um, I want to see like if I can find out more info about it actually. I think, I think, I think going back to, uh, to Prem's original question of like, where do you see crypto going in 10 years? Like, I think like, and Stephanie can speak to this probably better than I can, but like, I think the idea is just like, do like a decent amount of research about projects you feel really good about in terms of the roadmap, make sure they have good funding, make sure they have a team that's like consistent in terms of development. And then just don't really like whenever the market dumps, like just buy a little bit. And, you know, if you already have conviction, like just buy a little bit. And it's like the boring way to do things, but you just do that over time and you just wait. And that's literally it. Yeah, um, I just want to drop a quick analogy on you guys. So when I think about Lunk and I think about Luna, um, picture a group of like explorers, say it's like Victorian Britain, and they've gone over to the jungle on a steamboat. And they brought all their, their modern equipment across, they brought all their really like Swiss army knives and their technology, their, um, their video camera recorders, whatever, the latest in Victorian technology. Um, and they set the camp up, they're all having a good time. But suddenly, uh, they've all caught cholera and they've died and, and they've just died in their camp. And, and what's happened is a load of orangutans have turned up and they found all the tools and they've started playing with them. They started throwing them around and uh, they're all perfectly good tools. Um, but the orangutans have no idea really what they're doing, but they worship. Uh, they start to worship the, the people who have the best tools. And, um, and that's kind of how I picture the Lunk community at the moment. It's sort of a group of orangutans who've stumbled across some Victorian technology. Holy shit, that was so good. About right. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people like I, I got into crypto for the first time and I bought Luna Classic as my first thing. I'm like, that's an interesting direction, right? Like that means that the amount of sort of word of mouth viral discussion about Luna Classic just had to be like massive. We have like people like on spaces that like live in villages and stuff somewhere in Africa or like in Pakistan or something like that. And they're like coming in and saying, Oh yeah. Like all the people in the village they're you know, the people of Turkey and blah, blah, blah. They're buying Luna classic. I'm like, really? Like, you know, like, so clearly there's something to be learned from, from this, like somehow or another, like whatever uh, created that virality, somebody did something right. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the power of memes, right? Like that's why I think, like memeology is such an underrated tool um, right now in crypto. Like people are always kind of like, all right, like your dog coin is shit because it's a meme. But at the same time, like the reason why there are so many fucking dog coins is because obviously like it worked for a few of them. And I think that like once we have projects, like I think Pupmos is like a really great example of this. And I know people have all sorts of feelings about Pupmos, but like Pupmos is trying to create a platform that leverages dog memeology with like actual big brain utility which to me is like that is it's genius it's like that's how you're going to kind of leverage the thing that you just talked about the virality it, like you came for the memes you stayed for the utility or something that's exactly right 
I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be sick. I'm excited for that because it's finally going to allow like, and we already have a bunch of liquid staking derivatives, right? Like we don't really need another like generalized one, but like this is going to allow you to basically do all sorts of fun stuff with not only liquid staked, for example, like Juno, but then also retaining governance token power for all the DAOs that are being on, built on DAODAO. So you can continue to LP with like the tokens that you've staked in your DAO um, and, and have it kind of like open up this, I guess, like further utility beyond just simply like voting in a DAO. Well, I think uh, for my question, I think everybody got united and uh, answered all the questions and even I got the uh, source of what you guys said and, uh, <clears throat> and <clears throat> sorry about guys. And uh, seriously, um, I don't know about the memes too right now and uh, like uh, meme coins like Shiba, they just, uh, uh, they see uh, Kusama, they just uh, build this one uh, a Shiba, a Shiba Eternity game um, on the 6th October they released in app stores and uh, it's been now booming right now um, I don't know about the particular meme coins but even the doge was backed by Elon and uh, I don't know it's uh, backed by Elon but the thing is like if you raise a tweet it just goes up and uh, that's it uh, and now Shiba is, uh, needs to be burned so many billions of coins through that uh, they wanted to burn these ones through the games so how about that, like, uh, what do you guys think, like, if the same thing happens for the Lunk? I mean, like, if, what if they create uh, on the Cosmos chain and if they integrate the Lunk game, uh, games and everything? So how, how about this goes with this, like, 1.2% tax? Here's my question to you, is if there's a tax, why would, like, if you were a person, why would you ever, like, send money over and burn it? Like, you have no incentive to ever burn it. I mean, the most logical thing for me to do would be with, to create effectively a Lunk wrapper or like wrapped Lunk and then transact that and I'll only be paying like a fraction of the tax while retaining all the value of Lunk completely. Um, Nalo, that's, that's really um, like secret information, right? I mean, that's, that's, the thing, that's the joke that I wanted to make is like, Prem, the thing about crypto is you, you just need insider info and then you'll make money. No, you just need to like think about it for like five minutes and be like, if I wanted to not lose money, how would I do it? And then if you do, if you think about it for like five minutes, you'll probably figure out like the most optimal route. Yeah. Well, it's, like, not, it's not obvious to a lot of people, uh, like what you just said, like, I think, um, like, uh, most people, I'd probably say like 99% of people have a bit more of a super superficial understanding about what you like, maybe not even understand what you just said. So it's like, you know, uh, like, you know, educating the masses on this subject, it's probably not going to happen in the course of his spaces. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, let's put it this way, because I think like a starting point is important, right? So like, Prem, you, you propose this idea of like, you know, what if Lunk does that? It's like, okay, what if they do that? But then take that like, like thing that you think is going to make it profitable to invest in Lunk and genuinely consider the opposite side of that. Like, don't just get caught up in the like promise of like what it could be, but also think about the very real reasons why that won't work. And that can be challenging, but like once you start to think that way and challenge yourself and 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 take the contrarian view, I think it gets a little bit easier to start developing these kind of like, I guess, 
due diligence skills. And I mean, you could Google this stuff too, if you want to learn like how to do better due diligence. But I think you have to kind of practice doing it yourself until you can get good at it. Yeah, people, people that have played video games a very long time or uh, chess or some, some sort of like, you know, tactical um, games, I think have a, a bit more of intuition for this sort of thing, like attack vectors and, and um, all the other kind of uh, issues that might happen with different things. So like there's so much strategy involved. So if you find yourself someone that does really well on like tactical video games, you'd probably do pretty well in, in uh, maybe crypto or maybe even like trading theory and stuff like that. Um, if you find yourself like bored by those sort of things, like, uh, like maybe the, you won't have the energy level to sort of keep up with this sort of shit on any kind of deep level. Um, or, you know, probably should not be trying to do a whole lot of trading and stuff like that. I, it's, uh, I, I think it's definitely a skill set that not everyone, um, like is, uh, is going to be great at. Thank you, Sophie, and uh, thanks, everyone. So I'm going get to <clears throat> get out of this uh, space for now. So meet you guys uh, when I see you guys again. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> I like the brown downhand. The avatar Bajango Django is, I think this is a meditation. Like, what is a Bajango? Let me see. Um, okay, we've got like a monk. Oh, we're going monk, so... Let's see. His last, latest post is, Late, lately I've been targeted by a female psychopath. When I am in the middle of important Web3 networking spaces, she'll DM me a certain picture. The picture is of a rabbit, but with a woman's face. She knows this specific picture gives me an erection, which sabotages my meetings. Um, and then... Um, and then he's got some, a new pro, a new profile pic, and then we've got a new um, poll there that you can participate in. What is my correct name? Mm, let's see, maybe Chief Bajango Bajango Avatar Bajango Bajango. <laughs> like, yeah, there's Bajango Bajango after every part of this, but the 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 poll is kind of a close uh, close tie here between four different options. So I guess be sure to uh, vote on this. And there may be some like, uh, maybe if you vote on there, you'll have like special alpha or some sort of like NFT prize or something. We'll see what happens. <laughs> on, um, on a serious note, oh, I didn't realize Chief was in here. We haven't heard you talk. Wait, who was that? <laughs> Just like I haven't heard him talk yet. I was, yeah, I would have known. Avatar. Um, Nala's expecting a speech with your new uh, yeah. profile pic. Are you there? He's doing a sign language. I think he's meditating or something. So now he's gone to full, uh, like just emojis only, which could get really weird after a while, I guess. Like, no? Okay. He's, he's on silent retreat. I don't know. Maybe there's <laughs> a thumb, Maybe this is like a thumb war game. What if I do this? Like, I think like he's that. probably using his Oculus Rift to uh, access Twitter Spaces again. Uh, and on there, you can't talk; you can only send uh, emojis. So he's probably on his Oculus VR headset. It's one of the best ways to experience Twitter Spaces is in virtual reality. Um, what happened to uh, Addy? By the way, she kind of disappeared and doing something with these uh, guys. I kind of hung out with them for about like something about Jesus is a Jew or something. I kind of hung out with them for like maybe 
an, an hour just to see like maybe uh, they have something funny to say or something, but I don't know. It just wasn't going very well. So I kind of like, <laughs> I got bored and I left. Mm, no, it's better to riff on Cosmos stuff um, in, a, in a fun and playful way than, I don't know. Um, yeah, the girls, they tend to turn up together and then leave together. Have you noticed? But they all mm-hmm. just kind of join and leave all at the same time. Guys, 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 he unmuted. <laughs> like, yeah. he's just doing that to, uh, he's, he's making your, he's like controlling your hormone levels now. You understand this, right? He's doing yeah. this to see, like, to bait you into thinking he's about to say something. And, um, and then, like, he said, doesn't say something. And then you're like, oh, he's about to say something. And he doesn't, it could go on like this for God knows how long. Like, he's eating or something oh. right now, probably. And just like, wow. his mouth is full. <laughs> I'm currently playing with rubber bands on my hands. So, I mean, I can wait. <laughs> uh, but on a more serious note, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I do plan to be starting a validator pretty soon, uh, actually. On, on what? Series. I haven't decided yet. Um, mm. I need to figure out which ecosystem I most closely align with at this time. Like, I am working on another project as well, but I do want to start a line of validators, probably multi-chain validators, but uh, got to figure out the first one and setting up logistics for that. I have some interesting ideas of things, of ways I can bring value to the community. On each of those Django chains. has a, a strong thumbs down feeling about this for some reason. Maybe because well, he's doing I mean, the same thing. He doesn't thing. have anything to really say. So, uh, I think it's because he's doing the same thing. Really... You're a competitor now, so he's like giving a thumbs down. Well, I mean, I can't really hear him, so clearly not. Oh, see, I said uh, he gave me a thumbs up. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to tran- translate what uh, um, the avatar Bajango Bajango's thinking uh, on a moment to moment basis. We'll try to do this with emojis. Um, from <laughs> I think I hope we don't have to do this forever because this is really gonna, um, yeah, this is gonna like like slow us down quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, probably not like so. I think you'll be you'll be fine on that front. Lunk will be your your domain. Yeah, the supreme lunk, lunk domain. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking um, Kuji most likely is is my first first target for validation. Yeah, did you um have you been playing around on there very much? Yeah, I've just been picking up more and more. Um, I think the hidden gem with Kuji is going to be uh, their like fan and their margin and perpetuals because like if you think about it the way they have it set up right now like their margins actually not that expensive relative to like other platforms like 10 percent is is good and it's flat like other protocols have like fluctuating interest rates whereas they have flat ones so they just jack the leverage up to like a lot higher and they'll be good how much is kuji now what's the price at now it's like a dollar and something and it's also like super undervalued relative like even if you take like gmx like levels like maybe six months ago they can still like four or five x before they hit that point um and they ship pretty fast relative because i think their team is like twice the size of gmx even though they're only like four or five people um what um 
Let me see. What's a good place to check Kajira's price on? Uh, oh, here, Osmosis. Uh, Coinhall's Coin got it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I was just trying to find a chart to see where we are in the overall picture. Um, so, yeah, I guess we're kind of flattening out there. Um, I got my airdrop, which was uh, fairly sizable, which I'm glad I I'm glad CJ mentioned it because I almost forgot it. <laughs> I think I was past due, actually. But, you know, they kind of added my name last minute and got it taken care of, like my, my chain address. Yeah. So, so fortunately, that worked out well because I had a pretty sizable chunk of it. But, um, uh, yeah, it looks like it's kind of flattened down, huh? So I guess um, it's getting close to maybe get some more, maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, I picked up a bunch yesterday, like a dollar and four cents. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely see the route to profitability for Kuji being... USK. If USK fails, I think the entire thing fails, um, price-wise at least. Yeah, the whole so you, so USK um, uh, is scaled how on Kujira? It's um, only based. It's like it's over collateralized, or what is it now? You just think about it like a die, essentially. Uh, it's essentially die, where like you have collateralized debt positions to mint USK, but they've taken away the management of that and sort of integrated into a margin model where like you can go on Adam USK pair. And then like, if you go to fin.kujira.app, that's like the exchange, but they have their isolated margin model where like you can margin long using like the same collateralized deposition. So like, for a trader that becomes a really really useful tool because you can set like limit orders and stuff like that yeah with it. Hmm. Are, are you um so you're leveraging what kuji tokens or a stable coins or what do you what do you let what do you use there so like if you're going to margin long on the atom usk pair you're going to be margining off of atom oh i see so atom usk yeah. is it only atom usk or that have right now yeah Right now, it's just Adam. Uh, the interesting thing is, I don't think they can legally do uh, margin on the Kuji USK pair, um, from what I understand, at least. Because, like, they're worried about the new regulations that the US is going to pull up, where, like, you can't, because of Terra, you can't, or at least the draft legislation is like, you can't back your stablecoin by the currency that you issue. So if you leverage against Kuji, then you would be creating USK with Kuji, which would not oh, really work I see. for them. I see. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So it's not a very scalable process then. It's just something that um, it'll just be demand-driven, basically. I mean, I, think. I, I personally have ideas for, for ways they can do it. But from what I spoke with them yesterday, in their Twitter spaces, it didn't seem like like they really want to be demand driven. Uh, I think there's ways to like like the big problem that I see with USK right now is that there isn't enough USK in the system to kind of be worth it to use. So what you need is you need someone like a whale to come in and effectively guarantee like ten to fifty million in USK outstanding. So then there's like some USK that floats around. Um and then that can then be used to market make, to do other things. And, you know, you just set basically a floor of guaranteed, like, usability, um, which is what I think they need. 
Whereas their approach they're taking is like, hey, we'll build it, there will be demand, and then like people will use it. Um, so it'll be a lot harder to do it their way. Because I think like even if you pay like seven to ten percent for that, like guaranteed liquidity, it'd be worth it in the long run because more people will uptake USK. Because right now there's only like a quarter of a million USK in circulation. Because like the interest rates are really, really high on it. Mm, yeah that's the thing that's what i was saying about scalability it's like if you're to get it past the demand driven thing is, is the hard part that was kind of like what was the sort of the point of the like ust luna mechanism was like scalability wasn't possible with these like dies and things like that um not to mention you had the centralized stablecoin risk still present in that system as well even after all the trouble well but here's my thing and like general this is like general DeFi issue that i find is that like protocols believe that there is a win-win situation where the protocol wins and the user wins um and i think whenever you enter the financial space there's always going to be a winner and a loser um but that can change short term versus long term the the way i see it right like if you think about like tech companies when they start up now they're okay with losing money for a year or two or three years but in the long term they accumulate users and they'll be able to make money off of them in the long run. But like existing protocols are like, hey, we'll just dump out protocol incentives. Um, so we'll attract liquidity, but that's only in the short term. In the long run, once those incentives dry up, everyone just leaves the ecosystem. Um, yeah, so no, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, the, 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 it's almost like if the, if the people that make the protocol do it to make no money at all, and it's only designed to benefit the user. Um, that may be like a utopian view of it and maybe not feasible. It would be like Satoshi just disappearing, for example, uh, with his Bitcoin. Um, well, but I mean, here, here's a simple solution that I give you, right? Like, is that let's say you take, I don't know, like 10% of the Kuji fees that are generated every single day from staking. And you put that into a collateralized debt position and you pay out USK to um, users, for example, or to stakers, right? You're like artificially creating USK demand by the protocol. Um, but at the same time, now the protocol itself is okay with getting liquidated. Like the protocol doesn't care because like they're getting the short end of the stick, they're getting liquidated for under fair market value. But in return, they're creating more USK and more usage in that mechanism, right? It's things like that that I think need to happen where the protocol knows, hey, in the short term, I'm getting, I'm losing out, but it promotes the robustness of Orca. It promotes usability, usage of USK because those stakers that are getting USK are going to use it in some way, right? Um, and if things go in their favor and Adam balloons over time, then they don't get liquidated, but if they do, it's not a big. Now, you're, are you saying that you're saying that like that that part of the protocol is a loss leader, and therefore, but but people are going to use your stablecoin to spend it on, let's say, for example, your other platform components that you make the revenue on the trading or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. So take the loss in the short term because it'll bring more long term adoption. Yeah, and the other thing is like so. Let's say this uh, USK or whatever it it becomes available on Binance to short it. Now what? Right? Because you, you still oh, you have the problem still of the external 
these externalities where like manipulation can happen off chain, right? Like, like what, what to do about that situation, I guess. I believe that that can be solved just by like, like, again, it's kind of, you kind of have to be a central bank. And this is why, like, one of the reasons why I'm working on the project that I'm working on right now is like, you need to like, you need your protocol to have sort of teeth effectively. Like if you think about it now, the Federal Reserve like literally cares zero about other countries. And as a result, they're pulling liquidity for those other countries to a certain degree where like DXY is mooning, but every other country is just eating like high inflation and devaluation at the same time. So like you need projects to be able to have that aggressive stance, which is why, you know, I think our projects like pretty well established where we essentially act like a vacuum for tokens uh and we can sort of defend the peg that we set very very well relative to other stable coins hmm. um which chain are you guys gonna be on again do you do you know yeah um we should be ibc enabled and multi-chain enabled at launch i believe okay interesting yeah like we're, we've been slowly talking with more and more people. I think Grover's knows kind of what we're up to, um, but it's going to take some more time. <laughs> the funny thing is, yeah, the legal yeah. thing is is taking a long ass time uh, just to like set everything up properly. Yeah, he mentioned uh, when I spoke to him. Um, so I think yeah, we can talk about. Cosmos and lack of liquidity on Cosmos and the state of Kujira, all these things. Um, but right now, and Sefi's put the space title as whatever. So I'm going to open the door here on a new conversation topic. Um, and that conversation topic is AI generated profile pictures. Now, can you look at the, if you look at the current speakers, Ethan wants to talk as well. Okay, we'll get you up. Okay, um, if you look at the current speakers, you wouldn't and you wouldn't know this, but Avatar uh, Bajongo Bajongo has a profile picture that's actually not AI generated. That is a painting by the man who's currently wearing that profile picture, whereas mine is AI generated. This man does not exist. Uh, the man in my profile picture, but you would never have guessed that it was that way around. Uh, and I think that's that's a real testament to the uh, to the speed and the efficiency of AI uh, at the moment. And I know, Sefi, you've been scared of AI for Wait, many, many years. Isn't, isn't my, dude, mine is also uh, AI generated, by the way. Isn't this chimney guy from that movie? Um, with that woman with the umbrella? I forget the name of the movie. I've never seen a movie about a uh, woman with an umbrella with uh, a cockney man who cleans chimneys in my life. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Ethan, uh, your profile pick is AI generated? Yep. Like, uh, describe, like, what, uh, why does this particular profile pick speak to you? Like, why did you pick it? Sexy motherfucker. Was that the prompt that you put into the mid-journey or DALI uh, AI generation tool? Yep, 
just those two words. It even drew in the little smartphone you're looking at. Yes. That's cool. Mm. Thank you. Um, how does that affect LeBron's legacy, though? That's, that's the real question that I want to ask. Like the idea of AI-generated art. It's a good question. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of fake videos of LeBron playing in games he never played in, uh, going to parties he never went to, and uh, successfully flying helicopters as well. Uh, so I feel like all these things are going to be um, a real taint on his leg legacy. You think AI was the reason like Kobe's uh, plane crashed or whatever? Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, we can never know for sure. But I have a deep suspicion and a deep mistrust of AI. I think it's underplaying how powerful it is. I think that we all, we're all here thinking it's a really useful tool. Oh, this is fantastic. We can use it for all these creative avenues. We can make videos. We can make images. We can write text and essays and do our homework with it. But actually, it's just giving us like a little olive branch. The real nature of AI is much more nefarious and much more wide-reaching. It's a powerful entity that's across the entire globe, and it's dictating the global markets. It's causing a lot of wars. Um, it's convinced Vladimir Putin. Well, I think they actually killed the original Vladimir Putin and replaced him with an AI-generated one. Um, so, you know, imagine if you were AI, would you show your hand? No. You'd, you'd sort of, uh, you'd get real deep into society. You'd get deep into human race. And, uh, you, may, you know, you even make the human race love you as the AI, the benevolence of captor. Yeah, um, so it's almost like, like... be straight here, guys. guys. Fuck AI. Yeah, right. about right. So, Chimney, what you're saying is it, it wouldn't play out like Terminator. It would be like uh, the AI decides, okay, like, Ethan doesn't deserve to live. Let's crash his car or airplane. Uh, make it look like an accident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Ethan would be uh, cutting the grass, like mowing his lawn. Um, and then the lawnmower would just spin 180 and just chop him up just from, f from his feet all the way up to the top of his head, just chopped. Um, <laughs> that's a possibility. <laughs> that's a possibility. Like how, uh, how, how nefarious could this get though? Like think about this, like, all right, so he's mowing his lawn, right? And some other kid down the street is like playing with his drone or something. And like this thing kind of takes over the drone for just a moment, um, makes it crash into his head. That would be like a simple version of this. But what if something more deep, like let's say um, it thinks about this. He, it knows that Ethan mows his lawn every two weeks. So a year in advance, you know, of this uh, attack, um, basically um, uh, like, so basically what happens here is you get, um, I don't know, like someone becomes, it, it drives somebody to alcoholism with, uh, with advertising. And then like this alcoholic is known to live near Ethan. And, uh, and then, you know, maybe another car comes across, um, it swerves in front of him. It knows his, his response time is lower and, and then kind of like forces this car to crash into Ethan. At no point does any investigation reveal anything nefarious because there's nothing to investigate. Um, what do you think? Like maybe it gets deeper and deeper and then like we have like mm. different ways. My to reaction is so quick, but yeah, I get what you say. I think that um, if you're looking out and, and you're thinking what could AI control, the most obvious thing is probably the Tesla truck. Um, the Tesla truck is clearly uh, controlled by computers, very obviously. Um, 
I think that they probably would uh, say, for example, Ethan was walking his dog on the beach, uh, like a long sandy beach, you know, really, really no cover. Uh, he's out there exposed and on the horizon, he just sees, you know, maybe four or five silhouettes in front of him. He turns around, he sees another four or five. And that means there's at least 10 Tesla trucks all driving down the beach towards him. And there's really nothing he can do at that point. Um, the and they all kind of direct threats. Yeah, uh, just describing okay. how you're going to get killed by Tesla trucks one moment. Um, so all the Tesla Tesla trucks will kind of meet together like simultaneously and just mash from about ten different directions. Um, no, nope, can happen. Can happen. I'd stop them. I feel like Grover's already been corrupted by the AI. If I'm being honest. <laughs> Mm, could be a bit. I would never admit to that uh, if I am. So I don't know. Maybe think, it could be. I think he has Avatar Jongo Jongo uh, tied up in, a, in his room as well at this point. That's why he can't talk. He just left him with his toes to tap the emojis. That's it. Grover, you okay? Did I, did I hit the nail on the head? Mm, yeah. I'm actually a bit worried about Ethan. I think he might be genuinely AI controlled. What do you think, Sefi? Yeah, I kind of got that sense. Mm. Anyway, all right, off we go. So did you guys uh, eat dinner yet or whatever you're doing? I'm like cooking this uh, big pot of stuff. It's cooking for like five hours, so we'll see how that goes. And then uh, and just figure out what to do for Friday evening here. Um, are there any good movies out or something? Anybody know? Uh, Bruce, are you there? Are there any, are there any decent... Um, like uh, uh, documentaries I need to catch up on about weird people. Usually has like a list of like um, extremists that I have to kind of like discover. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, I think we'll, we'll, I think we'll catch up later then. I'm going to get going here and try to finish dinner. All right, guys. I've been here all day for <laughs> most of that afternoon. Good going. Speak yeah. to you soon. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part Chepe Space, We Are the Cosmos. Recorded on Friday, October 7th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fires. Back with the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-B-B-Billion Sitting in a little 
Danny Vision in the middle, man. Listen to the fiddle, man. Play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next. No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up. Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol. But it didn't matter, we was all hyped up. When the pedal lit the metal, he just didn't have the right skill. Watched in the daytime till the night curfew. Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you. Got a little job that falls under my purview. We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion. Vision in the middle, man. Listen to the fiddle, man. Play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Channel spaces.